0: Hey everybody! Today I am here with a guitar player, musician, writer, singer, Chris Foster. How you doing? Hey, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so, so I guess I guess let's start with this, and this is kind of leading into my first question. So I met you at your was it your twenty-five years or thirty or what? What was it called? The
1: it was my 25th year uh anniversary concert yeah yeah that
0: was really neat man that was a really thanks for you know inviting me to come play for that that was a really neat event (laughs) um tell tell us a little bit a little bit about that event just your your feelings about it and well um
1: started thinking about you know how many gigs i had done Mm -hmm. in my life and uh and and then you know I, i i Added up, maybe close to about five thousand gigs that I've done. Wow! Um, and uh, I, but then I really realized that when I first became a music, uh, a professional musician, there was a specific date that that happened, and that was May seventeenth of nineteen ninety-two. Mm. And uh, and I saw, I thought, well, why don't I celebrate? You know, this. 25 year anniversary of being in the music business. And, um, and so I found a venue and, uh, uh you know, got the band together and everything and, and decided to just have a really good celebration because you're, you're always told throughout your life, oh, you know, oh, music is such a hard, you know, uh, Road to hoe, and mm. and I thought, well, it's really no harder than any other road. You just have to hoe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to work it. You, mm-hmm. you can't expect you know, uh, you know, things to fall out of the sky unless you go work for them. Mm-hmm. And so, this is not only a a, a passion and a, um, but it's a it's a and a career. It's a, it's a job, and you have to work your job. You you know, there's no business out there worth its salt that didn't, somebody didn't put their blood, sweat, and tears into. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I wanted to celebrate the fact that I had made it for 25 years mm-hmm. as a professional musician, and it's, uh, for the most part, been my sole income. Not mm-hmm. always I've done other things on the side, but primarily for 25 years, music has been my bread and butter. And I wanted to celebrate that and prove
0: to people that, yes, this can be a viable income. Oh yeah, that and I think uh, I think there's a lot of us that would uh, love to have that path, of ha- <laughs> you know, of having it be our primary income and and just be in it for that long and still love it and I mean that's that's pretty pretty amazing. But I love what you said that we we like to pretend that I think as musicians we like to pretend that all these other fields are like so much easier to get into and it's so much easier. But but I. I I kind of agree with you on that I mean it's not it's not any different than anything else in, in, in a weird way you take a general contractor uh, who wants to
1: start building houses or decks um, you know he's got to find his market he's got to mm-hmm. find people who want to buy his services uh, being a musician really is no different to me I have to find people who want to buy my services and I have to create mm-hmm. an environment that you know makes it easy for them to buy my services uh and uh and so that's how I've approached the business more from a business mindset than, you know, the idea, oh, if I need to get discovered and, and giving my power away to some entity that mm-hmm. I don't even know. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and and, you know, allow somebody to discover me and then, you know, be able to take me or leave me or manipulate me. I thought, no, I wanna
0: be the captain of my own ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, I I, I I talk about that all the time with a lot of other musicians about that. The whole entire business side of music is, is really fascinating to me because it's something I suck at, you know, and we're all, I mean, a lot of us are really good players or whatever, and that's where we put our focus, but we never talk about how, what, organizational skills and like kind of goal setting mindset that it it takes to be in the music business for 25 years. I mean, really Mm -hmm. like, like you just said, making a decision that I want to be in charge of my own, my own everything Mm -hmm. when it comes to my career. I mean, I know a lot, I I think just a lot of musicians don't think about that as much as they should. And I think they're there, a lot of them I don't wanna throw
1: my fellow musicians under the bus, a lot of them are very inwardly focused. Mm-hmm. And when you are in business and you're doing business with other people, there has to be a, a mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a heavy metal band and you go into a, uh, an Italian restaurant and you say, I wanna play for you, it probably is not gonna work because you have a different agenda, you have a different need. And uh, so I think part of the, the remedy or the, the recipe for success is, is learning um, what your gifts are and then finding the venues that will best uh, allow you to express your gifts and allow them to benefit from what you do. Uh, um, so many of my gigs um, are places that I've created that there's, been no play nobody playing there before me Mm. so you have to think in terms of this is what i do where would this best fit and then you go and you present yourself and uh and then if 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 you're good and and well and they like you then you you develop a relationship and you you can get steady gigs Mm -hmm. um and 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 if you if but if you want to impose like well this is what we do this Mm -hmm. is who we are And you're not really given room for any venue to say, well, you know, um, and I think it all starts too with like, where are you coming from? Are you trying to be an artist that wants to be, you know, heard on the radio or or the record? Or are you trying to be a musician entertainer that entertains people on a local level? Mm -hmm. I think there, maybe you can be both, but I think there has to be some distinctions between you know what you're where you're going mm-hmm. and you know why uh and why you're going there i, I never chased stardom and mm-hmm. you know it was never anything in my my body that said i need to go to nashville to be discovered uh, it, to me it just was like rolling the dice uh to me i wanted to be a musician i wanted to sleep in my own bed at night and not be bothered by, you know, right. press and people who wanted right. to, you know, what color t-shirt I had on or something. I mean, I don't, you know, I, th- that to me is not fun, <laughs> you know, I, you know and and everybody wants a piece of you then, you know. Mm-hmm. I just want to be a musician and, and enjoy my life and have a good time and make a living and, and, and be happy with it, mm-hmm. and I am.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's great, man. I mean, a couple of things you said that were interesting there. I mean, one, uh, that, that was sort of, I guess also what I was, you are kind of talking about like setting goals, you know I mean? You're, you're saying, I, I know this is not my goal being, you know, being on the or going to Nashville, maybe, you know, that's not a, a price. I mean, you just said it, right. It's not your priority or whatever. And that, that's really good to notice. I, I think I, I can say from my own experience that I've, I've struggled with that a little bit with a lot of different in a lot of different ways. I think like musically trying to find my niche a little bit has been tricky because I like so many different kinds of music and so and especially like jazz-wise or whatever, I was really behind the ball game because I've been in orchestra forever and all these other guys have been in jazz but, you know, so they, they're just ahead of me like jazz-wise. Now I think that's really fun to play stuff like that. But I realized that, like you just said, my bread and butter is really playing, you know, maybe country or bluesy kind of stuff, maybe raw, classical, you know. And so even the genre-wise, like kind of finding my niche, I can, I know for myself has been a little bit of a struggle. And, mm-hmm. uh, and do you have, have you felt about that? Like on your end, cause I know you like to play a lot of different kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Um, has that, uh, how, how has that been for you, Like, like just, pl- just playing-wise and like learning different styles of music? H- has that been a challenge for you, or has it just been really, really natural? Or did you make that into your thing of doing a lot of different kinds of stuff? or? Well, it, it sort of was born out of
1: necessity. Um, mm. I used to live in Florida, and uh, I had a number of different entertainment agents that would call me and say, uh, we need a guitarist that does this, mm-hmm. and uh, and I would say, well, I guess I'm that that guitarist this week, and, and yeah, right. I'd go out and I would woodshed and I would, you know, try to you know play some it, like, and that's how I basically learned how to play the classical pieces. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm not really a classical player, and and I don't want to insult any classical guitarist that might listen to this that you know thinks that I you know I I, I Tell you right now, I'm not a classical guitarist. Mm-hmm. But I, I muddled my way through some classical mm-hmm. songs because I realized, you know, this is what people want for a wedding and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and so I, I provide a service. And that is what the service that they need. And mm-hmm. so I need to diversify. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, and that is one of the ways that I've gotten so used to playing different styles. I mean, mm-hmm. I can play several classical pieces and i probably play them okay, mm-hmm. you know, but is my hand position gonna be completely correct? You know, am I gonna, you know, is my thumb gonna be in the right place on the neck or whatever, is my positioning of the, you know, where I play mm-hmm. the song gonna be I don't care about none of that. All right. I care about is what comes out of the guitar and if the client's happy. That's, right, right. That, that's where the rubber
0: meets the road for me, so... The the Pavarotti of the guitar is, like, rolling in his grave and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, your hand position. Oh, no. Yeah, he's not using a footstool. Screw foot those stool. guys. <laughs> he's
1: using a strap, not a footstool. Right, yeah, and great. Know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... uh, But I appreciate those guys. I think mm-hmm. one of the finest... Uh, Guitarist I've heard in Kansas City, as far as classical goes, mm-hmm. Doug Neat. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. a brilliant guitarist. I've never really met him personally. I've seen his videos, and mm-hmm. I'm just so impressed. Also, Bo Bledsoe is a, another mm-hmm. tremendous guitarist that uh, I have great admiration for. Oh, I, yeah. You know, they're both just really, to me, top shelf guitarists. Mm-hmm. I, I I look at myself as using guitar as a tool to please a client. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a guitarist in that
0: sense, but I'm more into customer service than I am, mm-hmm. you know, music purity. Oh yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. So, so for to to get a little bit technical here, so so kind of kind of explain to people a little bit of the difference, like for example, of the style that you would do playing rock, and then the style you would do playing that classical. I mean, the classical is more like finger style stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, it's more, and then. You know I do a lot of acoustic rock uh, it, although I've been playing the guitar for 40 plus years I I don't even have an electric guitar <laughs> so a lot of guys are like what you don't even know a... I don't I, I don't ever play one yeah. uh, I don't ever have a desire to play one I've had them in the past and I've given them away <laughs> um, I just never played them yeah, all so right. um, but uh, so when I play rock it's typically, you know, uh, a lot of strumming. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. just a lot of do, 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 do yeah. you know, just whatever the beat
0: is. And uh, there's my phone, I need to silence it. So uh-huh. and, uh, but uh, yeah, so okay, so then there's another question. So when you're doing so are you are you typically doing a lot of rhythm on on gigs in general are you doing a lot of lead playing or like what do you do you like try to make sure to hire out for a lead guy or how, how do you do that uh, No, stuff? If, if i'm doing a band gig
1: um and and if i have the uh, accompaniment like a pianist or or even a bassist uh i i typically won't hire another guitar player yeah um, you know I'm I'm proficient enough in lead yeah. to to be able to to do that but uh, you know uh, not to um, yeah so you do lead, lead. you do lead yeah, yeah I, I, I do yeah, sure. lead I mean yeah. and, and, and there again there's there's guys out there that would probably you know chuckle at, at the
0: uh, you know there, there's real shredders out there oh, sure. the real,
1: real lead players oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's cool, so, man.
0: And that, yeah, because that's another thing that I always—it's always funny to me when you have like, like, so a, a band like the Almond Brothers cracks me up. You know, they—they they have like two drummers, two, three guitar players, two keyboardists. So I'm just like, really, guys. You know, because mm-hmm. it just feels like a lot of times when you're in in the band, they they're all clashing on each other. You know, a, a lot of times, like you got mm-hmm. your you got the rhythm and then lead guitar and then a piano and then even another organ or a piano, you know, and like, it just, it always feels like everybody's clashing on each other. And, and like what, uh, so like what I would tell, especially if there, if we have two guitars to the band and then we have like, okay, so here's an example. If you have like a piano and a guitar in a band, I would tell like the guitar to, comp with like single note line Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and then have the piano do chords or the opposite way, you know, where they do really sparse little chords and then the guy is straight strumming, you know, so they can, so the, all the stuff can cut through. Have you, have you dealt with that a lot with different musicians, like comping and stuff of people like getting in each other's way? Um, yeah
1: i mean i've I've had to to deal with and and there's players that I've played with that I realize that I'm not a good fit with mm-hmm. they're just so naturally wired to to be and mostly pianists because i rarely mm-hmm. I rarely play with another guitarist unless it's just me and another guitarist right um, so that's like stripped
0: down like crazy yeah yeah it's just like it's like okay
1: we're we're doing you know a really cool thing um you know, sort of like a you know, just ba- basically trading licks, where right? Play yeah. something, and but uh, normally when I have a band, it's it's <coughs> been, it's been mostly a keyboard player, and there's some keyboard players that I've worked with that just play all over you, mm. and and I don't really blame them. It's it's what they're used to doing. They're yeah. normally in a band where they are the melody. They are the rhythm. They are they're everything, and uh, some of them are not sensitive to having a guitarist in the band, mm-hmm. um, and some of them know exactly what to do. They they know their role, and realize that they don't have to carry the whole right. thing. Right. Right. And uh, so, over the years, I've had some really good keyboard players and some. Some not so in and, and all the keyboard players are really good, but not
0: a good fit. Sure, yeah. So. We've talked about that typical idea on the show a lot with uh-huh. a lot of people because it's one of my general pet peeves, you know, of of, of uh, especially like in open jams and stuff when people are just playing over you like crazy, and and so so I'm always curious to ask people about that because uh, um, about kind of because definitely in. In, like, country and blues, for example, they have a lot of those kind of call and answer kinds of things. You sing, and then there's the little space, sing the space. And so, I'm always making sure that I put myself in that little space as a violinist, you know, and then I back the hell off, you know, and then I put in, and then I'm off and in and out. And so, you know, I I don't know if I do it all the time, but I know 100% that I'm thinking that way. I'm trying to, like, put a little. Little perfect little spot a perfect riff and, yeah. and it is annoying when, when keyboard players are just you know blow you know barreling yeah. over everyone it is kind of yeah and, and
1: sometimes less is more mm-hmm. you know less can be a lot more a lot more tasteful a lot more uh, colorful um, you know the other thing that annoys me probably even more the keyboard players uh, are drummers who are just, you know, just cannot seem to not play a fill. yeah, fill, 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 so, fill, out everything. And you know? I mean, I've, I've had a couple of nightmares with that. You know, more <laughs> nightmares with drummers than I have with keyboard players. Right. And uh, but I've had some really fantastic drummers that, you know, are in the pocket, uh, and and don't overplay, uh, know exactly what they're doing, know the tunes. Um, and, uh, and, and
0: some that I have burned their card after the gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and like, so like to me, I always think of that as a general, the general area of etiquette, you know, general music etiquette. And then, and, and then you're, you're all up here. He's behind and the drummer's sitting like this yeah you know he's not looking up he does not you know you're not able to cue him. he's playing over everybody his volume is through the roof and it needs to be down here, you know, and everybody it's not just drummers, but like that that stuff really drives me nuts playing with people that don't have yeah, and you know it is so funny we're talking so much about
1: bands, I mean so much of what I do is is solo i don't mm, uh, yeah uh I don't really deal with bands much um mainly- so t- yeah, so talk about that
0: talk about yeah well solo gigs
1: yeah uh, I just uh, it's a lot of work uh, to to, I've had a band before probably the most successful band I had was probably about 15 years ago we were together for about five years and we put out a couple of CDs Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, love those guys but I moved away from the area and so our natural Uh, connection was was broken when I did that and I tried to get a band together when I came here to the Kansas City area and it just I don't know if it was me it just didn't feel the same it wasn't the same Mm -hmm. kind of energy I just didn't have the same kind of deep connection that I had developed with the people that I had before Mm -hmm. Um, and there's several musicians I uh, really have liked and enjoyed playing with one of them you've had on your show jim cavanaugh mm-hmm. he's, a, yep. he's a fine drummer and an even better guy mm-hmm. um really like jim a lot um, and he's always been very complimentary of me and, and very supportive of me in, in a lot of ways uh you know and, and i've had some good moments with other players as well uh, even uh recently my son has become a a full-time mm-hmm. musician oh, yeah. and he played yeah. saxophone yeah. Uh, so I've had some fun with that but you know I think when I came here I was sort of maybe a little depressed mm-hmm. I moved here from Florida about 13 mm-hmm. years ago and sort of had a really good band going and but I just needed a change in life and, mm-hmm. and the band went with it mm-hmm. and uh, so I it was like trying to recreate uh, uh, Disney World again you know it just wasn't really wasn't is fun, is exciting, uh, and it was going to take a lot more work than I was enthused. I wasn't as enthused to do it as I was originally. Right. So. Uh,
0: so. So, what are the? So, you were talking about solo gigs as opposed to band gigs. What are what are some challenges of playing solo? Because there's got to be some other challenges that are just different from the band. Is Is there anything you like more about solo, or, or don't like more, or like? You can answer that however you want. I guess. Um, solo, I don't have to really worry
1: about uh, what next song I play yeah. or if somebody's ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's an advantage. Also, solo, in some ways, can be more financially uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> lucrative. Uh, you know, let's say if you if a club wants to hire you and they only have a budget of so much, they say, "Well, this is what we can pay you. Do you want to split it?" three ways or, or one way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you, you do the math. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, so I think it's simpler and it's easier mm-hmm. and I've done it so much that yeah. it's just, it's like I can do it in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry. I know where all my settings are. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I only need this much equipment. I don't have to worry about that I get a microphone for this guy or do I need a mic stand for this person?
0: So much less stress, it sounds like. It's a lot less stress, it
1: really is for me. Uh, But some guys love that and they love the camaraderie and I like the camaraderie too, I do like the camaraderie. Uh, But I think that it would, uh, unless I had a really, if I was doing a lot of corporate parties or things like that, I'd probably be more apt to develop a band. That's a mm-hmm. market that I used. To, I was really heavy into in Florida. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of corporate clients. Yeah. Uh, here, um, not so much, or not. I've yeah. just not found that yeah. inroad,
0: and and mainly, I don't think I've looked for it as hard either. Right. You know, so I think I think it's there. I hear some people doing some gigs like that, but it, but it may not be just the you know amount you know what, what you're used to in, in Florida. I, I was doing
1: oh with my band probably seventy five to hundred gigs a year. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good number and, of gigs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and for a local band. Oh, right. right? And we were doing yeah. a lot of hotels, people would come down for conferences and things like that and we'd go out and do country clubs and things of that nature mm-hmm. and do uh, you know, Valentine's dances and mm-hmm. weddings and and we, we stay quite busy and uh, you know, now most of the weddings I do I'm just the Guitarist for the ceremony and the cocktail reception right. and I'm happy with that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. two hours
0: and I'm home. <laughs> mm. Yeah, weddings always crack me up because like, uh, even as a string quartet or something, you come in there and they, they say it's 35 something minutes before the thing but it's usually like 25, you know, and then as it, and then they're telling you, okay, we want another 20 after when they leave. And it's usually like seven, <laughs> you know, people are out the door and then you get paid and then you leave. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's like ripping them off or something, you know, but it's, it's usually a pretty, it's, it's stressful because there's, you know, there's a lot riding on it. You know, I mean, everybody is going to remember if you, you know, make a massive mistake. I mean, you know, for the rest of their lives they are going to remember, cause this was like a special day and it's, it's sort of stressful, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not stressful at all. So th- those are, can be, and then you can get like a bridezilla and that's just buckets of fun. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and I've
1: had to, I've had to fire some clients. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you, you have to sometimes stand your ground and, and not, not be a jerk about it. But like, I remember this one wedding I did and this lady was insistent that she come and see me. And so, I, we had this band that performed uh, at a country club. As this is down in Florida. We had a band, and she says, I want to come hear you. And I said, well, this is a Valentine's Day dance. And I said, um, I'll see if I can get you special permission to poke your head in the door. Well, the country club went out of their way, and they, they allowed her to... Come mm-hmm. in. She didn't dine. She just sort of sat in the, off the side room and and listened to the band. And then after after the she was just so so hyper um, picky. I mean, mm-hmm. just real particular. Yeah. And uh, and so then after she heard the band for an hour, she emails me the next day and she goes, "Can you still provide me some references?" And I'm like. I wrote her back and I said I'll let my band's performance speak for itself you you'll need to find another band yeah yeah. and uh, i let her go yeah Uh, and I gave her some names of some bands that I thought she might like but I wasn't gonna deal with her anymore Mm -hmm. it's like it it didn't have to be nasty or mean but it was like if if you're not sold by after you heard my band then yeah uh, you're you're, yeah I'm, I'm not gonna waste any more time
0: on this client you know go go away right yeah, yeah and uh yeah was wondering if she i'm really fascinated with psychology If she wanted to kind of ma- manipulate the situation more and so i mean you already said that she was trying to be picky and stuff i mean is she just making you go through hoops or like i mean it's hard to say i guess i uh, i yeah. think it
1: had more to do with um i i if psychologically i think uh, in that particular market, it's how everything appeared to everybody else. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And so, it's like, would this be a? Would people talk about this wedding? You know, uh, amongst themselves. That that's sort of the mentality yeah, that I got. It's like, you lot, know, how does it look? On. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not part of that game. You know, if if you're if if you don't think I'm I'm here, I'm playing all of these, you know, these country clubs where. You know, we're doing Valentine's dances, New Year's Eve dances, Christmas stuff. You know? right. and, and if and if if it's not good enough, I'm I'm not uh, gonna, uh, you know. Yeah. But that, you yeah. know, that's a you know, you have to. I've always treated it like a business. I had contracts uh, uh, that that I use. Uh, and, and also, one of the other things in, in terms of promoting yourself is, uh, you know, being engaged in the business community, not just the music community. I, I belong to Chambers of Commerce's, I go mm. to Chambers of Commerce meetings, I let them know that I am in the music business, yeah. if you need music services, this is who you come to, this is who I am, yeah. this is what I do. It pays
0: off. That's a really good idea. That's that's a really great idea. And
1: so, and I am always the only musician in those com, uh, chambers of commerce. It's like you know, they're they're not willing to invest in that because they see it as an expense, and it really is mm-hmm. an investment. It's not only an investment, you know, monetarily that you're going to make back probably in the year, but it's an investment. You you've now put yourself in partnership with. You know people who are business people who who have resources who who are the sh- movers and shakers yeah. in in your communities that mm-hmm. do put the the events on and, and do you know have open houses and do have grand right. openings and things like that and uh you know it's a natural thing to think well i could be a part of that and i'm the only one in all of the chambers that I belong to, I'm the only musician. Yeah,
0: yeah, that so, that's that's interesting because uh, I would have never thought to do that. I mean, that's a great piece of advice because the the thing that popped in my head was like, like even they were talking about living in this in this big subdivision, and um, the one of the people they know uh, in the subdivision is like the. Son or something of somebody who owns a business, and so that that's like their now neighborhood hangout because he knows everybody in the in the subdivision. Or when you have like a small town, we have our our uh, neighborhood musician or something, and then everybody knows them, but they're the only ones. Like you were just saying, you're the only you're the only one in this little group that. And so now you're, you've got this huge connection into all these people that none of the other musicians are talking to because you're the only one they know, you know. And, and you're, you're right, we do have a problem with that of like kind of accidentally staying in our little music community and, you know, uh-huh. accidentally never getting out to, you know, a whole lot of other people. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I can certainly, I know you you told me before we started taping about, you know, you had conversations about club owners and things like that. I certainly have had, uh, you know, but I think if you treat yourself as a CEO of your music business, then you go in there with a different mindset. If you're not just, you know, looking for scraps out the back door, Mm. you know, you are a professional you present yourself professionally this is what I do this is who I am and you have to be willing to say this isn't the right place for me mm-hmm. that you know it's not get a gig at all cost it's it's is this the right situation for me oh. you know um, and if it's not then just say hey best of luck to you no mm-hmm. problem I, I'm probably not the guy that's gonna go in and rock a bike biker bar oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not, I don't have tattoos I don't even know ride a Harley or I don't you know it's not my it's not who I am it's
0: not what I look like Mm. so it's just not it's not my people oh yeah yeah I know I I totally relate to that when I tried to run my little rock band a couple years ago I felt that that desperateness that, that you're talking about of coming in and trying to if they gave me anything I'm like oh yeah yeah okay you know and that especially money-wise, you know, I mean, they'd come in and, and, you know, well, you know, we can only give you you know, four cents for this gig. And so, you know, do you want it? And then I'd be like, Oh, a gig. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, 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 there's a bunch of times where I probably should have been okay with walking away from it, Mm -hmm. but because it was a gig, I wanted, you know, and, and I needed to have more, more courage to, to walk away from that and not just take anything and, mm-hmm. and I just w- I wish at the time I would have had more of that mentality and, and been okay with walking away because yeah I
1: think you know if you don't demand respect from yourself yeah you can't expect anybody else to yeah and um, and so I think part of that is saying you know I am worth this much mm-hmm. you know it's hard to put a dollar and cents right. you know on art no yeah. matter what it is but you have to say, you know, what, what do I, and it goes back to goal setting, you know, what is it that I want to make? You know, how much do I want to make and how do I do that? And what is the
0: business model for me that, that this is going to? All right. Sorry about that, guys. We had a little, uh, miscue with the uh, video camera. So, uh, getting back to, uh, you have written quite a few albums yourself and, uh, and I was pretty impressed, even at your at your concert, all the different kinds of styles that you that you've written. Mm-hmm. And so, what are uh, what are some fun things that you find about writing, or or things that that are challenges about about writing music for you? Uh, for me, uh, of
1: course, writing is an expression, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having ideas that sort of come out of your mind and, uh, and can provoke thought in others is, is another wonderful feeling about writing. Um, and I think, you know, there's been times where I've written a song that, uh, where I've written like two songs and, didn't like mm-hmm. this part of that one I like this part of the other ones and then I've put them together and made one yeah. song <laughs> one, in, one song in particular that is that is my Alamarada song on my mm-hmm. Kaiway CD uh, the other ways I write songs too are you know taking subject uh, you take a subject like a tree or, or or something of that nature and you can write down ideas of what you think of a tree like tall branches leaves, uh, Mm. blooms, springtime, you know, falling leaves, uh, you know, gold color leaves, whatever the case is, uh, you know, yard. And, uh, then you take all of those thoughts and not without trying to rhyme them. And uh, then you can make, uh, you know, see what you're trying to say. And you have all of these characteristics and these ideas about the tree that, uh, you know, will work uh, to help support the song. Um, I did that a lot uh, with some of my songs and uh, like in particular, I have a song I wrote about the 1935 Labor Day Hurricane and you Mm -hmm. can find it on YouTube Mm -hmm. and uh, I did it like that. I wrote all of these characteristics about a hurricane and what it was like and then it took me about a month to write that song. Mm -hmm. So... It can be fun, it can be entertaining and interesting. It it also requires, uh, I think, if you want to keep diligent at it, it requires a little bit of discipline, which sometimes I lack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. uh, I need to be a little bit more, you know, regimented in saying and and goal-oriented in writing songs or giving myself uh, some homework to do.
0: Right, right. Two things you said that was interesting there. One, um, I totally can relate to the like piecing together part. I mean, that's more like arranging or something, you know, you could look at it like that way, but that's the part that I find fun is, is like the, is the piecing together. Like you were talking about taking two really, you know, mildly similar songs. And then you're like, Oh, wait a second. No, no, no. If I put those together, you know, it's over. And, and that happens to me a lot where I'll have, three like three big chord progressions or something that are all like versions of two five ones or something and I'm like, dude, these this is perfect. I've got like a verse course bridge right here. If I put all these together, boom. And and I wasn't even planning on them being in the same song like mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah. Or I have or I think I'm being I think I'm being all different with myself or I'll come up with like three different riffs or something like over six months. And then I'll realize man this is like the same riff you know like i i think i think i'm all you know unique and stuff but then when i play them all together i'm like this would actually work perfect in the same song cuz they're so similar and i think i'm coming up with all this different stuff but uh but the the piecing stuff together is is really fun to me the cuz my my tunes that i'm writing are they're not just verse chorus bridge style songs they're they're very you know they're more like prog rock kind of songs where they might be even 10 minutes long and more like a classical piece where they have like section, 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 and so the mapping out of this needs to go before that and that needs to, you know, I don't know if you find that, that fun, but that's like the funnest part for me. It's not even coming up with the riff is fun. It's the mapping and all the thing out. Yeah. I don't know. but uh, I, you know, it's, it,
1: it, it, being creative is fun in general. So, right. you know, wh- whatever part that you enjoy is always good. You're right, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I, sometimes I really love lyric writing and mm-hmm. sometimes I really love music writing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it
0: uh, just depends on the mood and the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I have a lot of trouble with, uh, lyrics. Uh-huh. I have a lot. I, I'm, I feel very comfortable doing the music part of it and, and I feel strong at doing the music part. But, uh, what, it, what is, uh, cause you meant, you mentioned a style that you said about, uh, Thinking about like the tree, your tree analogy of, of all the different things that you could like talk about, and then figure out what you want to use out of that, like that that's like a that's like an awesome and crazy way to write for me because I wouldn't have ever thought to do that. You know, it's not bad; it's great because well, I just didn't, I, I wouldn't have th- thought about that. You know? I, I wish
1: it was my original idea, <laughs> but but, but it, it is a really cool idea, and it does help people gather their thoughts. You know, because mm-hmm. if you think about it. Uh, The other thing I wanted to say, uh, too, about writing music is, I think, you know, one of the, when I was early on on in my career, and the idea of, quote, you know, being discovered was still Mm -hmm. a a common, you know, thread that ran through my brain, Mm -hmm. like, you know, who's going to discover me? And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, you have to realize, you know, being in business for 25 years, these are things that I've learned over time. This wasn't something that I just started with. Mm -hmm. You know, I started out with, Hey, I'm going to be a musician and, you know, maybe one day, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And then as things evolved, I realized, well, yeah, I really don't care about going to Nashville or I really, you know, don't care about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things that, one of the realizations that I had when I came on my third CD was, I wasn't really concerned about keeping it in a, particular genre mm-hmm. I was more interested in the story behind the CD than I was if it was going to fit into somebody's you know oh he's a folk artist right oh he's right. a jazz artist categories oh, he's yeah. a he's a uh, he does reggae right. or he does rock I think that for a writer if you're writing you should just write and let it be who you are don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't put yourself as a folk artist if you've written a rock song, and 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 think, oh, you can't write a rock song because you're a folk artist. I think that's just, uh, and, and maybe you have a, a a propensity to be a certain type of artist. Right. You know, like certainly, I'm probably more of like a singer songwriter, pop rock kind of guy. Right. If I had to
0: narrow myself down right. to. That still can be pretty broad with stuff because it, I mean, like you, your your Latin stuff like fits right into that wheelhouse, right? I mean, on a, on an acoustic guitar, I mean, you can fit right into that. Probably vibe.
1: musically, the, the artist I'm closest to, who's done a lot of div- diverse things, uh, is Dan Fogelberg. Mm-hmm. Although he wasn't my biggest inspiration, and just musically, I think he wrote he had a song called Guitar Etude Number Three or something mm-hmm. like that. A really cool song he did with Tim Weisberg. And it was a very Latin piece. He's done some other country stuff. Uh, he's done some, you know, of course, ballads, and he's done some rock stuff. Um, yeah. He, I, I think that I would probably more closely resemble him than yeah. anybody. However, I think my style sounds a little bit more like
0: John Dever when it comes to singer songwriter. Yeah. Uh, what about maybe like a James Taylor or something? Is it would that be because he actually does some Latin stuff too? I mean, not Latin, but he has some. Don't let me be lonely tonight. Kind of has a has a Latin-y flavor, but anyway, but but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. has it does a little bit. I
1: I think more. What I'm thinking, I was so influenced by the music of uh, Antonio Carlos Shabim mm-hmm. that uh, I'm thinking more of sambas and bossa. Yeah, yeah. His I'm, isn't, but yeah, his, no, is, not his is not like that. that. It it does have a little bit more. Percussiveness and it. He's got some bongos, maybe some congas and things like. James that. Taylor's very
0: poppy, you know. I mean, he yeah. is not. A, a, and I love a, James Taylor. Oh, sure, me I, too. No,
1: no, no, uh, no problem there with yeah. James. I love James. I sing a lot of his stuff. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. But yeah, I think. Uh, you know, the other th- fun thing I've done though is I've I have some friends that I've covered their songs. Mm. How do you like <laughs> so, doing that? Love it. You know, I, I think if there's a great song, it doesn't have to come off the radio. I just, mm. if, I have, uh, there was one song that I do uh, uh, fairly frequently. It's a song called Wishful Thinking, and it was written by a guy who was a street musician in Norway. Mm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I just really loved the song. He had it, he was playing there on the street, and, <laughs> you know, I bought his tape, and I was like, I like this song, you know. Yeah. I even reached out to him and I want to re-record it eventually I'll I will re record that song because I love it so much that's neat isn't it that's, a, that's so, a fun story yeah and you know cuz we're all we're all artists it doesn't you know it doesn't matter uh, what rung on the ladder we are we're all artists and, and you know whether I'm making you know a gajillion bucks a year or or, mm. or or 10 I'm still on that same ladder Oh yeah, um, and uh, so I respect other artists and and the work, and I have no problems putting my friend's songs into shows, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know it doesn't have to always be about me. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So you talked about the the pigeon like writing wise, pi- pigeonholing yourself into a certain kind of thing, and right. the the one question that I I think. I was always rolling in my head when I did my albums is the 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 argument between what I wanted to do and really the audience kind of, kind of I think a lot of people have that that kind of dilemma in themselves where they realize that they want to write this way and they realize that sometimes especially somebody like a record producer you know they're they're like we can't sell that you know what do you what is this you know and they, they want you to, to kind of you know, come into this realm of, and so for example, with me, it was, it was this balance between wanting to do like, for example, wanting to do seven to 10 minute songs, as opposed to maybe, maybe cutting down a couple sections out of them and me and realizing that there are some prog rock fans that might like this a lot. This is right in their wheelhouse. But there's a whole bunch of other people that are back to talking at their fr- with their friends at this bar, you know, cuz they're not paying attention. They're, it's just too long. It's na- now your background music. You know, or I guess another example might be trying to think about always being as tasteful as you can like with your with your licks or your chords or whatever and that that would be like one way you could make it more accessible to the public but then the like, again, amount of, amount of time per song or the amount of sections might be more musical heady, you know, people that are like, you know, well, looking at a musician for musician's sake. And can you talk about that with the I think, catering?
1: I, I think uh, it depends on what your objective is with, mm. with the gig or, mm. or with the, the project. Uh, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of the story of Eva Cassidy. And I don't know if you know that artist, but mm-hmm. uh, if, if you're listening and you've never heard of Eva Cassidy, it is a heartbreaking story of an incredible artist that was discovered posthumously. Mm-hmm. Her voice is one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard in my life. But she was someone who did not fit particularly into one specific genre. Mm -hmm. And Blue Note wanted to sign her really Mm bad, and, but they wouldn't because she was all of this. Mm -hmm. And so she goes, that's okay. And when Blue Note found out that she was dying of cancer, uh, the record guy who had rejected her called her and actually bawled his eyes out on the phone because Mm -hmm he felt sorry that he didn't give her that chance. I think uh, that is is so typical of a business part of music. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you have to decide what your business is. If your business is to write songs and to be creative and you're not necessarily concerned about you know if it sells or yeah. or you know then you can do anything you want right yeah uh, or if you're in a club and you want to entertain people uh, or do you want to be expressive uh, you have to ask yourself that question so you you are you more concerned about people listening to you in a club or, or not if, if not then play what you want and yeah. play it for as long as you want. If, mm-hmm. you, if you're wanting their attention, then you might have to say, well, this is what the audience wants and uh, you know, how will that benefit me? Uh, and <laughs> you know, again, it's just a, a business. Uh, you have to sort of look at whatever it is. I took some time off from music at one time to, to only do original music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm mostly a cover artist but I said, you know, I really just want to focus on my original music. And I did that for about a year. Uh everywhere I played, I only played original music. And uh and uh it, it, it it's a different uh it's a different world and one that I found uh I I liked playing cover songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> I enjoy mm. them. You know, I sing them, and other people sing them, and I found it was a better tool for me to relate to people. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, so that that just worked for me. Oh, yeah. But some some people will never play uh, cover songs. Right. They they will only play original songs, and if they do a cover, it is it is just a song that you know, is near and dear to their heart for whatever reason, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. they, you know, they just wouldn't go out and do a gig for four hours of playing other people's music. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I know that
0: when I when I was a lot younger, like in college, for example, I would definitely try to have this, this attitude that, you know, oh, I'm going to play this jazz. I'm only going to do originals. You know, I'm going to have, I'm going to have so much integrity that, you know, I was being an idiot, you know, idiot college kid. And then I, finally one day was like, wait a second, I have like 500 cover CDs in my CD player right now. I actually love cover tunes. Why why am I having all this? Why am I pretending that I'm going to have all this integrity and stuff? I actually love, li- I love Allman Brothers and Pink Floyd and, and Red Chili Peppers and all these bands, you know, I actually love all this music. Why am I, why am I pretending that I'm, I'm better than that or something? I'm bigger than that. You know, that's ridiculous. And yeah. it really helped, it really helped my brain to get into cover tune mode a little bit. Yeah.
1: And, and the other thing too, is if you can take a cover and make it your own, like I do a really mm. cool version of, uh, I can see clearly now. It's mm. completely different oh, yeah. than, you know, the dun, dun, dun and mm-hmm. You know, I, I completely just that threw that out the window. Oh, but yeah. I, I really rearrange the song so you can have some creativity with cover songs. Sure. Uh, that I really, really enjoy that aspect of it. And you like, like with the fingerstyle stuff that I do, mm-hmm. especially the jazz standards, playing your own arrangements oh, to yeah. them. Uh, you know, it can really be beautiful, and 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 it can it can appease your need to be creative uh, with the idea of playing stuff that people are familiar right with, yeah you know, that's, a so good, that's a good some, there, that's a good balance yeah it's a good balance and I, i've had some fun with it and sometimes i'll play original stuff too i'll throw my own stuff out there just because i want to play it yeah know. that's cool no one's going to throw an egg at me or <laughs> at least i hope not. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, one else you, you
0: hope so probably not at a country club well uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll that's tell you. Probably
1: not gonna... it reminded me of a funny thing on the way to one of my first gigs ever a bird crapped on my head, <laughs> <laughs> and they say that's a sign of good luck. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, so I figured, well, it was all he up- chose you. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> but it, it's all uphill from there. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, uh, it, and it's and it's it has been good luck. It's it's
0: been a great career. Um, yeah, that's cool. And uh, so I feel very blessed by it. That's great, yeah. So so wrapping up here, you already mentioned kind of that one. Do you do you have another uh, another? I kind of like to end the show with this. Yeah, you have another kind of moment in the music business that was ridiculous or awesome uh, or that you'll never forget. One or, uh, one or many never, or however?
1: Well, one I'll never forget was I was playing this country club. Uh, it was a yacht club actually in Naples, Florida, and it was a Valentine's dance. Mm-hmm and this was a elderly crowd i mean but they were very affluent uh the yacht club mm. uh, nonetheless, it it yeah, yeah it speaks for itself but anyway um they loved our band and they had us there frequently and uh so this particular dance uh this lady walked up to the band and and she, goes, I just love your music. And when she walked up, she walked up. She was actually using a walker. Yeah, sure. She, I just love your music. And she started, you know, like sort of dancing with her walker. And she mm-hmm. in it. and I looked at her, and she just was like watching a slow motion movie. Know. She went straight back, <laughs> ass over tea kettle, uh, legs oh up in the air, and I'm going. Oh my God! This woman just fell completely backwards, and uh. you know, and 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 I'm trying really hard not to laugh. <laughs> and I look over, and my drummer is doubled over. Yeah, he, he he just can't even look at the situation. He's he's just playing. And, and my bass player had turned around, and he's looked. He's pretending he's adjusting yeah, he's his amp, and, he, and he's just that is. Funny. I can see his body just convulsing yeah. with laughter <laughs> and 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 i'm sitting there going i'm having to be the straight guy here and i'm having to try to sing this song and there's just no way it's happening it, it was it was probably the, that that's funny yeah she was okay yeah but right, yeah. oh my god i we we still talk about that <laughs> that was a good one
0: well, she yeah. probably probably had a couple, right? I mean, you know. Oh, I'm not even sure if that was the case. Yeah. Was,
1: I think she just lost her balance. Yeah. But uh, who knows? That might have been a factor. I didn't even think about that. But. Yeah, yeah, but yeah,
0: that's uh, that's always funny when you have to, when something happens and you have to go, all right, this is happening right in front of us right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, and or, or you're laughing hysterically or you're... Sad, or you know, I mean, having to deal with that on stage right now and just like kind of hang on for dear life. dear life. I mean, those moments are just another why you do gigs. You know? another, another funny moment. This is a little personal,
1: but I'll share this. Uh, my bass player that I used in Florida, great guy, great bass player, loved him. His name was Steve, and uh, he was he was probably 5'4, five, 5'5, five, five. you know, it wasn't mm. necessarily a tall guy, and uh. One day, uh, our regular saxophone player could not play. And I hired a guy who was had to be at least 6'5". Mm-hmm. And uh, and it just so happened that I had set the band up. I wasn't even thinking that I had put them right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Steve comes up to me and he goes, um, is there any way I can move? And I'm like, why do you want to move? And, he, and he's like, well, you know <laughs> I was like sure so I had to I had to reset is that the band yeah, that's funny
0: and I put them on opposite ends of each other the like, last thing you want to deal with right now really right it's I mean, like you know he's like you're solo yeah,
1: yeah just don't all rest, right just just don't rest your drink on my head okay? yeah
0: that is funny man <laughs> It's bad when it's like that bad. Yeah, you know, it, it I mean, it's was like it, five, five to six. You know, yeah, you know,
1: it was it was that drastic. That is he funny. might have even been taller
0: than that, but it was it was pretty drastic. And but that but that's the kind of that's the kind of silly stuff that happens at a gig where that, that 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 is the number one reason right there to have your crap together. You know, have your, just music together, know your music, because when a lady falls or last minute, when you need a battery or your band, you know, you got to switch your battery on your guitar or you, you know, your band needs you to move the whole stage around because of some silly thing, you know, it's like always good to have your crap together so that you can have time to do that. Oh, there's so many
1: stories. There's, (laughs) There's the one where they, they had just fired their CEO. And and I, we were playing this party, and it, it felt like a funeral. Oh uh, wow! It was wow. it was just oh my god! It was that was terrible. It was Extremely like, awkward, like, right? Yeah. yeah. We were well. Let's have some fun. Let's dance, and everybody's just like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, oh man. Yeah. So what did you what did you do? Did you did you keep? did you barrel through with the happy let's rock or did you kind of just adjust to the room and you got to adjust. Yeah. You know,
1: you, you got to give them what they want. They're paying you. Right. right? So, and you just sort of tried to, you know, just take it down a notch and say, okay, well, they're just not there. You know, they're, they're probably not going to dance. And I mean, because people said, well, we're going to talk here. And so they got up and uh, things will be better going forward. (laughs) You know, it was yeah, like, you know, uh, like, wow. Yeah
0: so, like, uh, well, was,
1: yeah. yeah. so at least they had an open bar. <laughs> just, they,
0: they, they it needed like, it or yeah, did, or needed, didn't need it. want yeah. Yeah. That's um, funny, man.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. some of the funny things. I mean, guys, there's so many, but yeah, but, um, yeah, man. So what, uh, one, one thing I'll share with we'll you before we leave, uh, is, uh, I think the the advice I would give, and I might have said this earlier, but you know, is to find the places that fit you. You mm-hmm. know, and and you know, work in in terms of business, and and think of you know, you have a product. Where is that product going to be available, or, or most accessible, or most successful? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and approach it like that, and I think you, you'll find a lot more
0: happiness and success yeah I like that man i I do agree with you I think a lot of people are forcing stuff a lot and they they have this idea of what they think that what they think is gonna work or what they think they're gonna be good at, and they don't you know they 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 don't really find first of all actually what they're actually good at and then they don't go really realistically do what you just did They'll go go real find where they're where they're gonna where where they're gonna fit the best and and definitely the, the just thinking more thinking less in terms of playing scales and more doing that, you know, that's, that's what we do a lot is our technique. And we, you know, try to make it be a good musician, but there there's all this other stuff that is really the reason why they're not big. Well, it has nothing to do with their talent level. It has to do with all this other. And one of stuff the ways I've,
1: I've learned over the years to, to combat that too, is anytime I go play a new room, I audition. I actually will call them and say, you don't have to come hear me. I will come to you I will set up I'll do an hour and a half or whatever mm-hmm. complimentary on an off night I'll do it normally yeah. on a Monday or Tuesday night and if you feel I am suitable for, and it'll give me a chance to read the room if it's where I want to be it'll give them a chance to hear me if it's what they want mm-hmm. and no uh, I'll say just throw me a meal or, or something like that and, and almost every time they will and almost every time uh, if I've scoped the room out right, I get the gig. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but if not, then I can easily say, hey man, it's just, you know, I can walk away from it and no hard feelings. It's yeah. just yeah. not, just not what's, you know, and there's, there's been
0: a few times where I've had to do that, but. Uh, that's setting a, yeah, I mean, the, what you just reminded me of is that's setting your expectations for them too of, of like, not how big I am, but how, how professional this is going to be. Mm-hmm. you know I'm trying you know, like you said I'm trying to come like actually take this seriously right now I'm going to go scope this room out you know the, and and I'm showing you that I'm taking it ser- you know I mean I would think that uh, that's kind of reminds me of the don't settle for kind of argument you were making earlier of just, just show that you're worth it I'm a professional you know that, that's what I got out of that what you just said you yeah know?
1: and I've had uh, one guy that I did it for audition he says I'm surprised you show up no one's ever showed up for an audition before. So, Yikes. So it's like you're the only one that's ever done that and, and, and followed through. That's right. This is what you're going to get. So I said, well, I told him, I said, this is because this is my profession and I take it serious. Yeah, that's great. You know, I'm not without flaws or I can't, I don't have areas that I, I mean, I have areas that I can grow in for sure. But uh, I think that uh, the more you treat things with a business mind in, in terms of music, you're going to find yourself less frustrated with club owners. Mm. Uh, that's um, a great piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's the, everybody wants to make the club owner, the evil guy, but they're the guy writing your check and you have to find common respect. Yeah. The other thing too, uh, I'll share with you as a last thought is anytime I play a club for the first time, the next thing I do the next day is i send that club a thank you card. Yeah. That wow, you yeah, know, I have thank you cards that are from my
0: music business and say thank you for the opportunity wow. to put in your class. That, that's a great. I know some people so, probably call up, say, "Hey, thanks for the g-. if they see him." Don't send him. an email. Yeah, don't send, don't an, send an email. email. Yeah.
1: You, you handwrite the thank you wow. card and you drop it in the mail and and it stands out. It, it does. Yeah, wow, that's a great. I never would have thought to do that. That's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Yeah, this person just gave you an opportunity to make money. Why wouldn't you thank him?
0: It's a whole different, you know, whole different mindset of where you're going, you know. So do it. it do I do I thank them because they give me a gig or do I deserve this gig? Right, you know what I mean. That's the mindset of these two different people, you know. Well, I deserve a gig because I'm me. Well, I don't know about that, you know. You're you want to you want to have a different attitude, like you said. You're yeah thanking them for.
1: You don't have to be subservient. And I, the other thing too is if it says sends a message. If you have your own personal business uh, thank you cards made up. And a business owner or a club owner gets it, he's gonna know you take your business serious. You yeah. went so far as to have your own thank you cards made up. Yeah, that's great, man. He's not he's not dealing with somebody who's just
0: you know a wannabe. Uh, and, that's uh, great, man. That's so. that's great. Um so uh, this has been uh, Chris Foster, musician in Kansas City. Uh, we will of course be back with more Talks with a whole bunch of other people about a whole bunch of different kinds of things on uh, Casey Music Talk. So, um Chris, thanks for doing the interview. Thank you, Rob. Man. Man. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. it. And good luck to everybody out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we we all definitely need it. But I, I definitely wanted to say that it was a it was really a, a privilege to get to do your 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 gig the other day for 25 years in the music business. Now that, that's a cool accomplishment. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm going to hire you for my 50th. Oh, it. there you go. <laughs> Thanks. You One got a gig in 25 <laughs> years. Oh, great. I'll put it on my calendar. But, uh, uh, all right, guys. That's the show. Get the heck out of here. All right. See you.